Blow the whistle. Back at you. Wow. BTW. Back at it. One of the hottest podcasts integrating sports and mental health. Yeah. Just using sports as a platform, but the, the real heart of it is the mental health piece. Bring Got a great guest. Yeah. I'm your host, Steve Brown. Hey, man, it's your co-host, Dame, not your average therapist. You know how we do it every week. But you can't handle all that. Blow it. Blow the whistle. Oh man. Man, we got, a, we got a good guest coming up this Oh, oh man. Night. Hey, if you ever seen the guest that we have on the show for today, if you've ever seen him in his current position, you know what I'm saying? Like on the highlight reels, yeah. all of that. What wasn't they on it was either on Hard Knocks or it was one on Amazon where they followed the team the entire season. I, I remember, I think it was on Amazon. I'm not, yeah. I'm not for certain. Yeah, it yeah. was on problem. Don't quote us on that, but I think it was Amazon. But it was but, Yeah. Dude. It, it's coaching. Like, he get me motivated. I'm just sitting there watching he, like, yo. He's known as one of the best big man dancers oh, word. in league history. Known as one of the one of the top defensive, one of the members of the top defense online. Yeah, that was in, crazy. In NFL history. Oh, hey. He's going to be one of the top coaches Absolutely. in NFL history. No so question. This is, a, this is a top guy that no we're going to be listening to. I'm excited. Yeah, man. Our input, going to share. Uh, it's, it's the man that, you know, up under the helmet. That's what we talked about. We go underneath the helmet each and every episode here on Blowing the Whistle. So we're going to blow the whistle on, on everything in between A to Z. Addiction to, you know, Incarceration to depression to suicide prevention, <coughs> family about, systems, family systems, family dynamics, social issues. We bringing all that here on BTW. You know how we do each and every week. Everyday occurrences, right? Man, hey, I, I don't even want to like deter God because I definitely want to save this conversation for, for when our guests come on. Yeah. But we definitely gotta talk about these social issues, man. We got we gotta talk about some change, man. Definitely, man. Definitely got to, to, man. It's a lot to. going on. Yeah. A lot going on. 2020 has been probably one of the most Oh, it's been the toughest. I don't I don't care what yeah. generation that, that you grow up in or what decade you, you came up or were born. This is the toughest year. My goodness, yeah. like Ever. Things, yeah, ever. It's still been things happening. Yes. Wow. So, hey, man, make sure we, we be the change that we want to see in the world. You know what I'm saying? That That's always been my mantra. Just be the change that you want to see. Yeah. You can't cry for it if you're not doing it yourself. Yeah. You you got to do better. Yeah. Expect someone else. You do better. That, that's that old school Williams Brothers gospel song, sweep around your front door before you come peeping around mine. That's right. You know how it is? He just told you how it is. Hey, we, we blowing the whistle early. God damn it. Here we go! Hey, go, we, we got to get our guest in here. We done got two Let's bring him in. Already. Buck. Buck, what's going on? Man. What's going on, man? Dude, nothing much is going on with you. Can't complain, man. It's been a minute, man. You look good, man. Well, this Dame right here, your co-host from Blow the Whistle. We talking about sports, mental health, and everything in between. So we definitely excited to have you on, man. Like, followed your career for a long time. You know, I'm a South Carolina boy, so I definitely followed 
you know, Clemson coming Clemson up. Tigers. Yeah, man. Shout out to Clemson for okay. sure. Definitely. You know, welcome, blow the whistle, our, our special guest for this evening. You know, uh, 12 year vet. 12. 12, right? 12, yep. 12, second, sec, well, second round. Second round <laughs> to them beloved Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> okay. Then we went, where we went next? Do we go to San Fran? Went to San Fran. Oh, yeah. We went to the Super oh, yeah. Bowl with, with Pittsburgh, though. Yeah, went to Pittsburgh, Super Bowl with Pittsburgh, Super Bowl with Carolina. So, man, I'm, I'm just going to head and top it off and get into it. Like, what, what is that topic? Because everybody can't experience being at the top. Everybody dream of, of, of being, you know, at the top of their craft or whatever their profession is, but everybody can't get there. That's always the goal. You went there twice. I mean, how how is, how is that to be in that game where it's like all of America, shoot, all of the whole, the world oh, is, is yeah. looking is looking at you guys to be there twice? How is that? Oh man, it's crazy because, like you said, you know, it it's the biggest game in our profession. You know, there's no one and no one bigger, and the world stops for you. You know, my first Super Bowl, you know, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, happened to be in Arizona versus the Dallas Cowboys, and. You had two of the greatest franchises of all time vying to see who was going to be the first to five. Right. And, uh, man, it was just crazy. You know, you got people that don't even speak English, don't even understand the game, but they're stopping to watch the game. And, you know, people, you know, teachers that you had in the second and third grade that pretty much lost lost contact with you. They're getting mm -hmm. in contact, talking about how proud they, they are of you. But, right. man, just to be out there. And the thing that was so crazy for me, I was the first person introduced in that Super Bowl because we introduced the defense. And we was the uh, home team, so they introduced us first. Right, and wow. I was the first person introduced in that game, man. And it was just mm -hmm. like, it was like slow motion. Like, you can hear the crowd, but you don't hear it. Right. And it's like, you, I'm running full speed out of the tunnel, but it's like I'm just running in slow motion. But it was the greatest feeling I, I, I've had in my life as far as, you know, you know sports-wise. You know, because it was the uh, the epic, epic center of our of, of my career being in the Super Bowl. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Wow. Now I was just telling some of the viewers before. I was like, listen, yeah. he goes down as one of the best big man dancers in league history, <laughs> and he also yeah, I was surprised. I was surprised. His yeah. talents, but he also has been known as one of the uh, members of what some have called the best what the best defensive line. In I'll, NFL history, when you were in Carolina with with uh, uh, the combination of Mike Rucker, Julius Peppers, Chris Jenkins, Jenkins and, and yeah. even uh, uh, Big Al Wallace, like to be in that to be in that consideration, uh, you know, you know what is what is that internal feeling, man? How does how, how gratifying is that? Especially you can't talk about yourself during the career, doing doing while you playing, but right. afterwards, it's been a minute. You can kind of reflect and appreciate. How is that? Uh, it was it was good because it, it was a, a, a D-line that was built because me, Chris, me, Chris, and Mike had suffered through that 1-15 year. Mm. I think it was rookie year. That 1-15 year. Yeah. You know, and people people ran through us, threw over us and everything. And then the next year we draft Julius and we changed coaches with John Fox and uh, Jack Real came in and he brought in this attitude like, this defense is only going to go as far as the defensive line goes. Mm -hmm. And he helped build this attitude with us that when we step on the field, 
we got to feel like we're the baddest people in the whole in the whole stadium, no matter who we're playing. And it was it was such a great uh, time for that because we was in a division with with the Tampa Bay Bucks who had Warren Sapp and Simeon Rice and those guys had just won a Super Bowl. And so we looked at our, uh, here's the challenge. We're going to get the battle of them twice. And we took it personal, you know. Yeah. We were playing with Pep. We knew when Pep stepped on in Carolina, he was a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. No, because oh. nobody 6'7", 270 pounds could do the stuff he could do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Jenkins was a freak. You know, uh, his, his career... In his career, marred by injuries, but when Chris Jenkins, his five, second year, he became one of the best D tackles in the league at six four, three thirty, could run, could jump, and Mike right. Rucker was a Mike Rucker was I thought I thought an underrated guy. You know, this guy had double digit sacks. You know, every year he and people don't believe he played the right defensive end, which is the pass rushing end. Pep played the left defensive end. Right, right. You know, and for me later on, my that time of my career. I was the elder statement, so it was more about I had skills, but it was more about the mental aspects for me, you know, because I had seen all the blocks and I had played against all the offensive line coaches, so it, it was a perfect formula. I had young guys that I could help, that I could add my expertise. But what really made us go was Al Wallace and Shane Burton, Kendall Moorhead, and Kemp Rasmussen. Those are our backups, mm. and they pushed us so hard in practice because we knew. If we mess around and made a mistake, one of those guys could come in and start. They could come wow. in and start and take your position. But wow. so we felt comfortable that we could go all out, tap our head and come out, and it wouldn't be a drop-off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it was great. And, and, you know, we just wanted to lay a foundation. And I honestly think the reason we don't get the uh, outward credit that we get because we couldn't finish the job in the Super Bowl versus mm-hmm. the Patriots. Yeah. But if you, you, look at, you look at the stats, I think – that first year we was together, in eight, in eight, the first eight games we had, we was right at, we was on pace to break the all-time sack record for a team. I think we had 32 sacks at the halfway point of the season, wow. which was crazy back then. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so definitely, y'all, y'all was aggressive, and it was kind of like y'all was the, the mainstay for Carolina's defense during that time. Now, my question is, moving forward, kind of like into your coaching career. How did you change that mindset or was it a similar mindset for you going from being an athlete to now being a coach, just in your preparation, your motivation, your aggression, the way that you attack like your coaching style? Well, uh, I always used to say, you know, you know, you sit back, you have different type of coaches. You have a coach you can't stand mm-hmm. and you have a coach that you like, but he ain't a good coach, but you like him because he don't get on you. Right. And I always wanted to be a mixture. You know, when I got when I got done playing, I was like, I'm not gonna do nothing football. I'm done with football. But I went right into coaching little league and high school football. You know, I was coaching Victory Christian before you no know, D came and took him right. to championship because it's just in your blood. And D can tell you, you have all this knowledge just sitting there, and you're like, I got to give it to somebody. Mm-hmm. And so what I, I what I did, I tried to become the coach that I always wanted, the guy that can get on you, can yell and scream, but at the end of the day. Man, how your kids doing? You know, is your mom and dad all right? You know, you need anything? You know, um, you know, as athletes, we're always taught, you know, oh, we're a big family, we're a big family, but not many coaches or organizations exude that family atmosphere once you're done. You know, it's just on the football field with family. Right. But when I got into coaching, I said, we're going to be family. We truly going to be family. 
I'm I'm not their coach. I'm like a I'm like a brother. I'm like an older brother that's been through everything you're going through. So you can come to me and ask me. You can ask me how it is to get blocked, how it is to make a sack, how it is to be uh, the jokester on the team, how it is to be the captain. You know, I I can keep it 100 with with you. You know, and you know, and I keep it raw and authentic with my guys, and they respect that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I, I never want my guys to go into a situation when I'm coaching them that they don't know exactly where they stand. Mm-hmm. So I'm always brutally honest with them. Hey, man, you're doing a great job. You know, keep on doing what you're doing. You'll be good. Hey, man, your name will come up on the chopping block if you're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> because, D, you've seen it before. Coaches, oh, you're doing good, good, good. And they tap you on your back and say, hey, bring me, my, bring me your playbook. You're like, hold up. I've been doing good the whole year. Every day is different. Wow, it, it, it's different. So I keep I keep it funky with my guys, and they respect. You know, this generation here, they want you to be honest with. Them. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have to know nothing about football as long as you're honest with. Them. And I try wow. to be honest with them, and I always trying to grow myself. You know, I you know I try to speak on my experience. I try to let them know. I know I want a great football player. I played twelve years, but it was something I had. You know, I studied the game. I knew the game more mentally. Then uh, and relied on that. Then I did physical ability, mm-hmm. so I can draw from that. And then just from just the playing experiences, the Super Bowls, I played with ten Hall of Famers and like three more that's waiting to go in. And so I could tell those guys how those guys work and what they did to make their career go. Wow, wow, man! I'm listening to you. And one thing you said, you you talked about being a person that has been through it all per se, and, and can can build and talk and inspire off of your experiences. Now we're talking, we've talked about the game, we've talked about, you know, the coaching you, um, but the more valuable piece, and I know the one that you hold more precious is, is just the man. Um, you know, you are a player, you are I mean, you are a former player, you are a coach, right. but you're also a father, you're also a husband, you're also a, also a man of faith. And, and so, um, transition a little bit to to the state of our our nation right now and the things that we um, have to experience. We we mentioned the pandemic and the things that we're going through now, right. but with everything else that we have, you know, with the uh, you know racial injustice and the right. things that are going on in our community, how is it? Um, how is the mindset now in, in those roles? Because I know uh, I play some of those same roles, not all of them that you play, but I know personally, you know, the pressures of being able to. Um, have that same mindset that you just talked about right, in right. those roles to, right. to, to excel, to be elite, to mm-hmm. to go off of my my intellect, my smarts, whatever it is. Right. How do you do that now in the, in the state of our nation? Well, you know, it's more so, you know, you have to be totally smart and educated about what's going on. You know, a lot of stuff that's happening in this nation now is not new. I grew up in the deep south. This is not new. This is not... Uh, the alarm going off. We just been hitting snooze for so many years and just ignoring it. So, you know, and I got three kids, you know, uh, two girls in college and my son is a senior in high school. And I try to educate them on, let's go back and listen to history because it's just repeating itself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and we educate ourselves. We got to be smart about situations because my one daughter is an Oregon, Oregon State volleyball player. Like, like she's a she's a rebel. You no, know, she wants to march. She wants to do everything. I like, and that's great. I like, but when they put a mic in front of your mouth, in front of your face, what are you gonna say? Be educated on it. 
because right. now you can learn from the mistakes of the past that we made and they're made and now they're just not speaking to you like you're just uh in the moment and you just want to do something because you're young no you're educated on it and and that's what i try to do i try to be educated i try to you know give them we talk about i like now what's the solution if you had a chance to talk to the powers that be what would be your solutions i like and have those that type of mindset not just right. well I'm mad at this and woo, all right, you're mad. Why are you mad? And what can we do to help you? And but then also having a young son, you know, it's it's really sometimes it's it's really scary because I'm having to have these talks with him about, you know, being safe when he leave the house. Now it went from two years ago where he could I like, down going down the street to my buddy house, I'm driving over here. Yeah. All wow. right, I see you get back to now. Hey, leave your phone on, I'm tracking you. Where you at? Uh, if you get pulled over by the cops, this is, this, 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 this. You know, yes, sir, no, sir. You know, make it, you know, just get back home. Get back whole home. Whole different so conversation. Yeah. It's a whole different conversation. But these are the conversations that my father had with me growing up in the deep south. Okay. You know, you know what I mean? You know, the first time I was called the N-word, I was six years old. And my dad had to explain to me what it was that he got finished jumping on the dude. You know, he had to explain to me, he had to explain to me why he did that. Because I'm looking at, and why my daddy punching this guy? And, and he explained to me the meaning. And he took the time then to explain to me where we stood as black Americans in this country, where we was coming from and where we were in the, in the South and how some people were still holding on to those type theories that we were less than men. And you had to overcome that. And I went to an all black high school you know, where our teachers, they went outside the history books and taught us the true history of America, America in the South, and they didn't let it become a, a crutch. So it's part of my fiber, and it's also helping my faith, because I, I honestly believe there's no situation God is going to allow me to go in that he ain't equipped me to handle. Right. I just got to be able to look for it, look for it and understand his purpose in my life. And once I found out my purpose in my life, it began, he began to download me. And hey, you're going to be in this situation. This is how you're going to handle it. You're going to have kids. You're going to handle this situation like this. And it's all for the greatest purpose. And my greatest purpose, my purpose in life is not, not to be the best coach or the best football player. It was just to make sure that people like me coming behind me had it easier than I did. Mm -hmm. And that's why I got into coaching. That's why I got into mentoring. That's why, you know, do you know when you play in the NFL, you got clothes, shoes, and stuff you'll never wear. You know, my first five years when I was done playing, I used to bring seniors that was going off to college who parents couldn't afford clothes, bigger guys. I let them have a shopping spree in my closet. I'm like, get what you can get. You know, I like truck loads of clothes, you know, because I wanted them, because I knew what it was to go to college and have to share a shirt with somebody my size or a pair of shoes. Mm. You know, my mama right. worked in the mill for two dollars and seventy-five cents an hour. She couldn't afford to buy no four size fourteens. Absolutely. You know, I had seven yeah. sisters. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm the low man on the totem pole <laughs> because women women first. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I didn't get my first bed until I went to college. That was my first time sleeping in my own bed. You know, my my apartment in college was bigger than the one I grew up in. 
So, so you know, uh, and 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 that's 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 part of my fiber. But my faith has always helped me because if I had told you that I'd be one of eight kids, the only boy, would grow up and play, go to college, get drafted, play twelve years, be in two Super Bowls, you'd be like, oh man, that's a fantasy. That's right. No, that's my life. Yeah. But it was all based on my yeah. faith because there's been plenty of times I wanted to walk away. You know, I want all oh, this too, man. No, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna join the military like all my other buddies. But no, yeah. my faith and just knowing my purpose in life knew that I had to do it so that next guy, the next kid sitting behind me, or growing up in my neighborhood, because and that's how I, a guy like Jarvis Jones, who was first round pick to the Steelers, he went to the same high school. They can walk up to me and say, "Hey, man, you made me believe I could make it to the NFL." Isaiah Crowell, wow. another guy, Gabe Wright. Chris Hubbard, you know, all these guys, Rod Hood, these are guys I, I I was older than them, but they watched me growing up and saying if he went to my school, he stayed in my neighborhood, he he ate at the same McDonald's I ate at, and if he can make it, I can make it. And that's the greatest feeling ever. Wow. He has a, a son who's one of the top defensive players in the nation. I'm just going to wow. throw that out there. You know, uh-huh. so, so, to, so to be able to, to to have that type of uh, responsibility, but to have to deal with these everyday pressures, man, that's, uh, you know, that's kind of moving. That's a challenge for you as well to be able to execute that as a father. Yeah, you know, it, it, it really is because, you know, childhood, you know, we do what we do to make our kids' life better. And, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I, you know, in the perfect dream, my kids are going to go to school, they know they they know they're gonna have a roof over their head. They're gonna enjoy high school life before they become an adult. You know, you 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 try to let them enjoy life, but but now with what's going on with the leadership in the country and the divide, you have to you have to grow your kids up so fast. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to grow them up you no know, no so fast just for their safety, right. and that's the craziest thing about it. You know, because you know, to be real with you, with me, all my kids or born while I was in the league playing or growing up while I was coaching. So their life is more diverse. You know what I mean? They they, they, they grew up around mostly white predominant people because that's, that's where I stay. That's where I live. And so they've never really, they knew who they are. They know who they are. They know where they come from, but it never crossed their mind that people can dislike me because of the color of my skin. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I, I I got friends. You know, my son's best friend is a kid he'd been knowing in North Carolina from when we stay there. They best friends. You know, he flies to North Carolina, spend time with their family. Uh, Cole flies out here, spend time with him. And they two kids that never saw color. They've been best friends since the first grade. But now it's the chance where they, they have to literally you know, look at one another and, and, and say and tell their other friends, oh, he's okay. You know, I've been knowing him, you know, and and that's hard. You know, you know, wow. my son is like, when he comes out here, I have to explain to my friends out here that, yeah, I know he's white, but that's my best friend. We're like brothers. You know what I mean? And, and, and I'm glad they do it because I tell my son, y'all can be an example, a small example to bring people closer but it's just been it's 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 super scary, like I said, because this country here was supposed to be a melting pot, and but what we're realizing, liberty and justice for all, never really meant the same for me and you 
mm-hmm. like it meant for other races. Right. You know what I mean? And we're starting to see that now. You know, even though we did make greater strides, we, we was able to make money, drive cars, and stay in stay in places that our grandparents or great-grandparents could. But the underlying fact is it still was a, a part of America that didn't want to accept us for being who we were. And when you have a leader in the country that that uh, pokes the bear and, and stir up those feelings, and because he is the ultimate leader in the free world, people right. feel, well, all right, it's good for me to finally express this. Right. I've lost so many uh, friends, I'll say friends or associates, because of what this guy's so also that's how you really been feeling for the last 20 years right you know what i mean so right. everything we had as friends and neighbors right that was all that was all a wash because you yeah. weren't really feeling like that yeah. you just now got the courage enough to say it because you feel the leader of the, of the free world is, is behind your back wow. and with the internet people can say what they want and and it's cool because sooner or later sooner or later it's a whole pruning process Who's supposed to be with you and rock with you gonna rock with you. Yeah. But so I'm really glad because I was like, I just, I sit down and talk to my wife and I'm like, man, we've ate dinner with those folks. They came to our house. You know what I mean? We've, I've gave them tickets to games to come sit in the stands and cheer and sit beside my family. But deep down in their heart, they had animosity toward me for who I am and the color of my skin. But right. you know, what's done in the dark soon will come out in the light. And I tell you, because the divide really comes in, and, and the difference in, in your example and your kids' example is that they're accepting each other for who they are. You know, the relationship, the intimate relationship that they have as homeboys, where sounds like, you know, some of the people that you thought were quote unquote friends, really, you know, that that, that friendship was, was based off of socioeconomic status and, and, and the association. Right. And so, like you say, with the leadership that we have and the things that are being um, uh, influenced, if you will, yeah. it just gives you an idea of, of really what you know. What what one of my old you know co- consultants used to always say: bringing it from the front to the back. You know, <laughs> now you bringing <laughs> you bringing what what was back here, and you had your memory and, and the, those thoughts and, and and emotions. You bring it to the front now and bring it to the forefront. And, and like you say, we have a big divider, man. It's unfortunate, and hopefully, right. you know, this was this will be short lived. Twenty twenty has been uh, oh, yeah. something else. Yeah, um, this this year here gonna have his own history book. Twenty twenty gonna have his own. You can go to you gonna be able to go to college and study twenty twenty one day. <laughs> it's gonna be a class because this this, wow. this 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 been a year like no year I ever seen for my life. Absolutely. And, and, and talking about this year, I wanted to kind of talk about this upcoming you know football season. What your thoughts are regarding the pandemic and how you know the Cardinals and you guys are kind of holding that down and staying safe. And also just want to talk about the pressure or the anxiety of dealing with that while trying to stay focused, you know, doing your job as a coach and, and leading men, you know, in this pandemic. We've really, NFL on a whole, especially the Cardinals, we've really done a great job of just like, once again, educating the guys with the pandemic. And uh, like I said before, you know, NFL, you know, athletes are always talking about we're family. You got to trust the man next to you. You got to play for the man next to you. Right. And now this year alone, you really, you got to live for that guy next to you. And, you know, I talk to guys because not everybody in your room is not going to be married. Some guys are single. 
And, you know, they got a lot of money in their pockets and they, they used to going out and, and dating women. But I said, no, this time you got to live for this guy next to you. You know, where as any other year, you can go have dinner, go out, meet a lady, do whatever you want to do. But now you got to think, if you go out outside and be in a place and catch COVID-19, you bring it back to one of your teammates that got two kids, he can take it home and give it to his kids. They get sick. How would that make you feel? Mm. So we're always talking about, I'm willing to sacrifice anything for my teammates. But this year, you got to do it. Absolutely. And uh, we've, we've done a great job. Guys are really bought in. You know, we're one of the, I think, one of the nine teams in the NFL that has, hasn't had a positive COVID test yet. Wow. You know, as far as coaches, too, I have to be careful. You know, yeah. I got a son that's in high school, and, mm-hmm. and you know, he has to sacrifice some of his things. Like, he can't go sit around his better house and play video games because, right. you know, it'll affect my job if I become – test positive with it because I got it from him. So, you know, it's kind of hard, you know, and I have to explain to him that, hey, it's a part of growing up. Sometimes you got to be willing to do something for somebody else that you would never benefit from. And uh, we just keep on doing, like I said, educating the, educating the guys, educating our families, because it's going to be a, it's a week-to-week thing. As the season get closer and closer, you're going to have to go week-to-week because if one guy catches it on your team, he can expose the whole organization. That's right. right. So the NFL has done it great. Like I said, you know, we test every day. You know, you know, we we're doing the, the social distancing even in meeting rooms. Like, do you know you've been in, you know been in training camp before? Is no people ain't congregating in one room or you know they get breakout room. Everybody, you know, yeah, even now. the dinner tables, they bistro tables, one seat per every six feet. So right. guys are eating alone and. Guys in the mean room, you know, the mean rooms are three times bigger than they normally would be. Mm-hmm. You know, think we're at a resort, so we can we got all the ballrooms. So I got I got ten thousand square feet for for ten players. Wow! <laughs> you know what I mean? So we actually, you know, we're doing a great job. You know, Cliff Kingsbury, you know, as a coach, you know, is practice fast. We on, we off. Get the guys away from one another and just try to try to um, make it to the next day. But we've really been doing a good job. But it, it is it is taxing because you you, you want to preach unity in a time where you really can't unite because right. of what's going right. on. But our players have done it because the leadership on the team, having uh, Patrick Peterson and those type guys, are doing a good job to make sure that the team stay together and galvanize through this thing to make sure we be ready for week one. Man, that is a lot. But I definitely wanted to ask you a question as far as being being a coach as long as you have versus being the player, yeah. you know. The coach, I'm pretty sure y'all put in way more hours, preparation, things like that. How does that, that work-life family balance out since you've been a coach? How, has it been more difficult? Is it a little bit easier? How has it been for you? You talking? You about you about to answer to the workaholics that's listening? Well, I'm a. I came in under Bruce Aarons. I was blessed. Bruce Aarons, when I took the when I when he offered me the job and I accepted in 2013, he said, "Look, all the nightmares you heard about coaching, I'm here to kill those." I'm like, "What you mean?" He like, I came into coaching where I saw men lose their families, didn't see their kids grow up because they were just in there working football 24-7 and their wives ended up leaving them or 
they can't they they miss birthdays and and uh, parties and recitals for their kids. He's like, I'm not having that. So the first thing he made you sign when you came in, you had to sign a, a, a disclosure that said, if you missed a kid's birthday party, a recital or a sporting event, and it wasn't on a game day, he had the right to fire you. Wow. He said, awesome. I'm not gonna let football break up your family. He like, you're not gonna hear, and this was a funny thing to me, he's like, he like, look at that football screen. He was like, you see that player? Like, yeah. He like, it looks the same at at seven o'clock in the morning as it do at seven o'clock at night. So he's like, why would you stay here at night hoping it's gonna change? So I came in with that coach where we was home. We was home by five o'clock in the afternoon. Right. You know, I could get off work and go catch my son football practice when he was playing little league football, right. or I could take my wife. We could have a date night because BA always had a date night, and so. I've been blessed to be with other coaches like that until I got in Oakland with John Gruden, and he was straight old school. Where the sun come up at three, you be at two fifty nine, goes down at eleven o'clock at night, you stay to 12, 12 o'clock at night, and it was a big difference. And that wore on me because I was like, I wasn't used to. Wow. And but, but what what we're starting to learn now, and what a lot of the new young coaches are starting to learn, you can't burn football can burn you out. You can't let it dictate your whole life. You got to be able to, you got to be able to live outside outside of this. And so, so I've been blessed, like I said, to be with. Oh, 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 but hey, so when you hear that whistle, it's one thing about it. I mean, you done dropped the jewel, and I just can't let it pass through one time when you talk when you talk about there's there's more to it. I need you to speak about this one more. Say it with this one more time. What did I say? It's more to it than just football. Yeah, yeah. It's more to life than just football. Football. See, this is what they don't understand. The they think football is who we are. Football is who what we do. Right. And even as a player, I played twelve years, and I'm forty eight now. So that's a little small parcel of my life. Yeah. You know, I'm a I'm a I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a brother. I'm I'm all this other stuff. And I, oh yeah, you post football. So you got to have an outside life. You see guys that struggle. Like, I look at a lot of great players. They're great, their lives go good when they're in the NFL, but as soon as, as, soon as the NFL over with, they're lost. Why? Because they let football become who they were. Right. I'm talking, what brought me back to reality, when I retired from the NFL, I remember walking down the street at CIAA, and this little kid walked up to me and said, didn't you used to be Brinson Button? I said, used to be? I think I still am. Right. Like, no, Brinson Button played for the Panthers. You used to be him. I, and it brought me back to reality that people identify you by what we do. But I got a whole nother life. And when I got done with football, I went into that life. Yeah. You know, I had radio shows. I coached. I was on television. You know, I did other things because that part of my life, that chapter was closed and I was able to move on. But you got to have other stuff you do. Because for me, football was always playing C. Mm. It, was, it was education. You know what I mean? Uh, did he get more education, get a better job? Then, oh, this football might work out. Well, football worked out, and so I was good, but I always knew that education was going to last me longer because I tell kids all the time, you'll be a high school graduate, a college graduate your whole life. You're only going to be a football player for this much. You're going to be an ex-football player. You'll always be a college or a high school graduate. Yeah. So so I, I definitely heard some, some key words in there, definitely throughout this entire conversation, and they both start with F. It was family and it was faith. 
So, so I definitely want to talk about how, how has your faith kind of helped translate you to this person, this man that you are today? And when did you kind of get that switch to where you like, you know, you're going from being a young man doing what young men do to, you know, now being a proud father, husband, you know, working overall, you know, just mentor, a better person, leader, yeah. mentor, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, my, my, my faith has always been super strong. You know, because I, I remember telling my father at nine, I wanted to be a professional football player. But I didn't get to play till I was 12 because I was too big. Now at nine, year, at nine years old, I weighed 200 pounds, so I couldn't play little league football. Wow. So so I had that, and I never forget the last year, of, I think I was 11, and I was it was the last year I was gonna have to play little league, and I went and I missed, I missed the weight by about 20 pounds. And you know, I remember sitting in, I was sitting in uh, on my dad's car and I was crying. I want to play, I want to play. I never get this man came up to me and he asked my dad like, what's wrong with him? And he's like, well, you know, he's not gonna be able to play this year because he's too big and this is the last year for Little League. He's gonna have to wait till middle school. I remember the man looked at me, he was like, one day they are gonna pay you to play football. Wow. And little did I know, that guy became my high school coach. And when I got to high school, that was only my third year playing football. So it was still in my, do I really want to do this? He would never let me quit. He would always push me harder and harder. And, and what it made me realize is that, you know, just have faith in what in what you speak on yourself. And then God would put things in your life to help you go. A lot of people think gifts from God are like, oh, that's a big house, that's a big car. I think gifts are people to help you, usher you towards your destiny or your purpose. And he was one of those guys that, that got to, got to. I don't want to keep interrupting you, but man, shoot, I ain't gonna play with it. Right, right. right. Like, come on, Buck. Come on, come on. Come back one more time, Father. Yeah, I, I think you know a lot of people. You know, we, we we pray to God. We want these. God just bless me with this, and we think it's like it's like a magic trick. You gonna wake up? You gonna have a big house and a bank account full of money and all this. But the, the gifts that God sent out are sometimes angels disguised as people to help you get to your destiny. Like, I used to have friends like, man, I want to go in and hang out. No, I'm going to pick you up. We're going to go hang out. Then the place I was going to go to, it gets shot up. And I sit back and like, wow, had you not come to get me, I could have been in that house. Or, you know, I have have guys like, hey, man, let's go out here and and uh, and, and, and work on this. This is going to help you. No, I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna do that. Yeah, you need to go. I was gonna go ahead and do this. Oh man, dude broke his you no know, his ACL doing that other stuff. Now you safe. So you get these people in your life, these gifts from God, and all you gotta do is understand that a lot of times people are there to direct you where you need to go. Mm. You know what I mean? They direct you where you need to go inadvertently, inadvertently sometimes to get you, and they're there for a season. You know, and. And if you listen to them and you understand that purpose, you begin to know how God is speaking to you through them. Wow. And I had that throughout my throughout my career. I never get Sam Mills Senior. Uh, when I when we went to that one in fifteen year, he came to my locker. He like he was like he like look, he like man, there's something about you. You gonna help this team go places it's never been. He like just keep on doing what you do. You might seem like it's, it's going for not now. you like, but keep doing what you do. And, you know, I, I love Sam. I'm just like, I'm like, all right, you know, what do you mean? But then I never told him, but I remember when John Fox got the, 
got the team and I went upstairs to meet the coaches. They called me up there. I looked on the depth chart. He had, I started the whole year before. He had me number five on the depth chart. <laughs> I, said, I said, something ain't right here. So I asked the D-line coach, I was like, you see me as the fifth best defensive lineman on this team, detail on this team? Oh, no, no, it's not that. We just put names on the board. I said, all right, no, you're not. But then I knew what Sam said, keep being who you who you are, and it was going to pay off. So I went into camp. I became more who I was going to be. I was going to be more of a vocal leader. I was going to be more of a guy who had knowledge. And by the end, by the second week of training camp, I was a starter. Yeah. That led to being a part of one of the best D-lines to play at Carolina. Yeah. It was, and it was with Sam message, be more who you are. Don't change. Be more who you are. Because what we don't understand is one thing all of us in the world that's walking this earth are the best at. That's being who God created you to be. And I, I, I hate when people say, be the next this. Why would I be the next somebody when I can be the first me? Exactly. You know what I mean? And that's that's how I was as a player. Not how I'm as, as, as a coach. You know, people come to me and it's like, man, you you act like you're the best coach it is. I am the best prison butler coach that ever going to be in this world. That's right. So why would I play second field to nobody? I ain't going to play second field to nobody. <laughs> I know that's right. I know that's man. right. Yeah, yeah, that's true, man. And a lot of people, not only coaches, um, can take from what you just said, you know, and the stance that you have to take um, and being and finding your own self and being true to yourself and having your own identity and not mm -hmm. following a model um, or or maybe uh, not even a model, but a tradition that, yeah. you know, you may have come up with that just right. isn't right. right. Um, you, you have shown and have displayed and shared with us the intestinal fortitude needed to 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 stay within yourself and right. be an agent of change, mm -hmm. and how to you know uh, become uh, a person uh, from a franchise transitional player to now a franchise transitional coach mm -hmm. and someone who's already been that you know in his own household and started with your own household first. Right. You know Absolutely. who you are, your mindset, and it goes back to the question that you asked him earlier. Uh, and I, I think he answered it, but he's, he's, he's kept answering is that it's just who he is. Yeah. You know, the qualities and the characteristics, no matter what in arena he's found himself mm -hmm. in, has stayed the same. And it also wow. goes back to his faith in saying that, you know, I know, yes. I know, you know, who, who has, you know, my back. I know who has, who's in control of my future. So I don't necessarily worry about that. I'm going to use, you know, these instruments, these tools, as he called them, the angels. Mm -hmm. Um to 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 guide me through this 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 life journey. So that's some powerful you know powerful words and messages there. Oh man, wow, yeah. this, this this has been good. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so, some some good information. But but definitely but before we let him go, we, we, we gotta throw some some hot ones out there. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> now we usually keep it here on both of us, so we usually try to throw some little dark some some questions that you probably wouldn't be asked a whole lot on any other part. All right, go ahead. Hit him up. It, it, it won't get too bad, Hit him but... Up. Hit him up. Okay. Hit me up. Who would you say is kind of your your toughest opponent? Lyman, old Lyman throughout your years in the league. That's Larry you. Allen. Larry Allen, Dallas Cowboys. Monster. What, what, what about him? What about him? Man, Larry, Larry Allen was so physically gifted for an offensive lineman. You know, he had defensive lineman feet and a defensive lineman mentality. And the thing about Larry Allen was, you O-line and D-line talk trash. So you can get a guy out your game, it can get you going. 
Larry Allen didn't look at you, didn't say nothing, because he, he played with dip in his mouth. And he was so strong and big and fast, and you just knew you had to you had to fight him the whole game. Wow. Because he wasn't going to talk. If he blocked you, he wouldn't get up and go to the huddle. If you beat him, he wasn't going to say nothing. It was just his mentality that for 60 minutes, you better ball your fist up because he was coming off the ball every snap. But it was a it was a guy that came from Sonoma State, you know. And I had, I had met him at the Senior Bowl because he came in as an alternate, and he came to practice on a Tuesday. By that Thursday, four D linemen had checked themselves out of the Senior Bowl. He was causing people money. He was causing he was taking people money. So agents were pulling guys off the field. Like wow. no, like no, you're not, you're not, you're not going against this guy. But Man. but he was a dog though. He was a dog. But how 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 big are you? About six two. I'm I'm six two and a half uh, right now. Two eighty five. Two eighty five. Now I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and erase the stigma because you, when you say six two two eighty five, you just have a you know you have a vision. Yeah. And you you one of the healthiest dudes I know. <laughs> when the last when the last time you um had meat or sugar? Uh well actually I, I started back on meat because I was losing muscle, but I hadn't had sugar in about seven or eight years. Wow. I went vegan. I went vegan for three years, but I was starting to lose muscle, lose muscle tone. So the doctor's like, man, you know, you you're you losing muscle, you know. He like so you got to add protein back in. So I eat like fish. I eat fish or some kind of chicken or some plant based protein. But I ain't had sugar. I know it's it might be like nine years now. What 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 is that a change like that done to like not only your I mean we we understand what it does right. to your body. What has right. it done to your mental as well? Oh, your mental clarity clears up. The first time when I first stopped eating sugar was the first thing I did. It was it was almost like I was a drug addict trying to get clean. I'm talking. I would fiend it like. I would wake up in the middle of the night sweating. Like, I just need a piece of candy. But once I got it out, after the first 21 days and I got it out of my system, I slept better at night. My mental clarity came back. And I started to read more and more. I was like, man, this this is good. Like, I, you know, my thought processes were, were clear. You know, my breathing, everything just, it was like taking bad fuel out of your car. Like, like, like re, realigning your, your, your car. But my mental clarity has been great. I'm I'm too scared to even take a piece of sugar now because I I don't want you know what I'm saying I, I I everything is so clear like like I know a lot of my a lot of guys I play with are struggling you know for that mental clarity but when I when I talk to some of the uh, the natural doctors it's like a lot of the stuff that we put in our bodies our body naturally cannot cannot handle and if oh. you remove that and let the body naturally regenerate itself. Yeah. Your health and everything, like I said, I had, man, my knees were bad. I know my joints were swelling up, but I stopped eating that sugar and that meat. And it was like, I felt like I could play again. I knew I couldn't, <laughs> but at least I felt like I could. Wow. Oh, my goodness. So, so, yeah, I mean, we definitely talk about the connection between the mind, body, and soul. So you definitely are hitting all those bullet points when we're talking about faith and maintaining that positive attitude, but also making sure that you're working your brain with that mental clarity. Yeah, and man. also with the, you know, just with your diet and what we're digesting, you know, both 
from from a physical standpoint as far as food, but also mentally what we're digesting and, yeah. and how our interactions are and how our relationships are. So definitely, I, I salute for sure. I didn't I didn't know you know. Man, it was yeah, like and, like and, and just the self care pieces. Man. Yeah, that's you, that's you, big. You talk about the faith. You talk yes. about the changes in your diet. Just yeah, just two simple changes and decisions can can do a make a lifelong effect. Right, and you can see just you know by the things that he's done. Yeah, and so uh, you know to those who are listening out there. Yeah, you know mm -hmm. don't think it. You know it doesn't have to be. You know this big. You know extravagant uh, change or or a project, if you will, and and, and getting your mental clarity. And, and being mind strong, you can simply do what what Brinson has has said and suggested, and, and follow that path and, and right. get some mental clarity. Just better sleep, you know, just eating better Definitely. helps out a lot. And so, you know, we talk about mental health is not always, you know, psychosis and things of that nature. It's not really, always medication. It's not medication. It's, it's simple right. uh, nutritional values mm -hmm. and things that you can change that make a big difference. I, I never forget when I became a vegan, and I was uh, talking to uh, I was talking to this young lady who owned, her and her husband owned a vegan shop and they was talking to him. And I was just like, man, I just like, my my temperament as a coach has went down. Mm. I'm like, I don't, I'm not mad. I'm not easily angered. And she said something funny. She's like, have you ever walked by a pissed off tree? She, she's like, you ain't never heard of mad tree disease, have you? Right. I don't really know. She was like, because you are what you eat. She's like, trees are Plants are quiet and soothing. You eat animals, animals rage, get mad, and wow. you know, however they are processed, it carries on into their into their meat, into their muscles that you eat. Whereas a plant, it's just a plant, it's soothing. I said, man, that that makes wow. perfect sense to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Never thought yeah. of it that way. I'm gonna take that one. Dang, I can't. I'm making no, though, man. Copyright. <laughs> 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 but, man, listen here, man. I know, uh, you know, out on the West Coast, man, and you, you're in the middle of training camp and about yeah. to lead the best, you know, the second best, we'll say, defensive line in, in, in NFL history. Just we got we to gotta wait to see him in the next couple of weeks, man. But I wish you um, the best of luck, you and your family, to keep, you know, stay safe. I know you'll continue to stay blessed and prayed up, man. And um, just thank you for your time and coming and being able to drop some jewels and some knowledge, man. It's uh, it's always a blessing when people like that look like us and been to places that we've been can you know come together and, and kind of talk about something that's more than you know what's up under the tree yeah. or on, on the corner. You know what I mean? And for for right. that, that, we can talk about some real issues, some real things that's going on. It's really going to help some people, man. And uh, I applaud you, like like Dame said, for using your platform the way that you. You're using it, you know. I had no uh, other expectation, you know, yeah. after after seeing you as a, as a teammate that you know as you you would go on in your post career and do wonderful things, man. So just just continue to be that guy, man. You know right. that what that means, you know. Continue to be that guy for us and represent us in a great in, in a great and profound way. Yeah, most definitely. I appreciate it, man. Salute y'all guys for for you know you know just being positive role models and showing people. No man, you can get out here and do it on your do it on your own, man, and and you know keeping it straightforward. And I always tell people, man, this last thing I say, man, we always told following footsteps. We don't follow footsteps. We blaze trails now, and yeah. that's what that's what you guys are doing, yeah. man. Keep blazing trails. Don't follow in footsteps. Blaze new trails, so these kids have more avenues where they can see, man, I can go this way and still make it. 
Wow. Yeah, man, and man, and, and, and we're gonna be strong together and just keep on fighting. But I appreciate everything, fam. Absolutely. Appreciate Absolutely. you, Ralph. Appreciate it. I, I know you got some stuff going on, so definitely plug anything you got going on right now. Where the people, where can they find you? You know, we, we know y'all doing the West Coast. We got, we got on Facebook for fame. I see yeah, the, I, I seen the hats. hats. I, I like the hats. <laughs> I like the hats, but Well, you can find me. You know, you can always. <laughs> yes, sir. At FaithBeforeFameApparel.com. Right now, uh, I've relaunched. Well, I'm relaunching it right now. Um, I redid the logo, and we're gonna relaunch it at the at the beginning of the year with new shirts, polos, and everything. And my whole thing with Face Before Fame is, you know, it's the clothes that say loud, that speak loud without saying a word. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times everybody's. I don't ask you about religion. Everybody's got faith. Yeah. You know, and faith is what you make it. So, you know, and that, that's always been my, my mantra. And uh, I just turned over to a T-shirt hat company and, and we're going to we're going to launch it again. January at the beginning of the year. Twenty twenty one is a new beginnings year. and We're going to start right. off. You can find me at Face Before Fame underscore Face Before Fame on IG, you know, at Face Before Fame on Twitter and then on Facebook, Brinson Buckner. And, and it's just like that. And, and I'm. I'm one of the people that talk to everybody, so I'm not one of them uppity coaches that don't talk, <laughs> you talk to me about anything. You know, you know, you feel me. So uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you're, gonna, you're gonna give a comment back. I get you. I get you. I mean, you might not like what I say back, but I'm gonna say something back. You know, but but that's what that's what it's for, man. So I have yeah. coaches hit me all the time, ask me for schemes and what they think. You know, I try to help kids get in college, help parents with recruiting, wow. or just if you just want to. Just want to talk, you know. No, wow. no, just hit, hit me up. Uh, I'm always on there. Wow, that's awesome. Appreciate you, man. We'll definitely be I'm, I'm getting one of those. I'm a hat guy. I like the hat. Well, I'm, so going, I'm going to the website. I'm going oh, to- <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mr. Man. Peace. All right, man. All right, man. Appreciate Later. you again. Thank you.